With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and thank you for listening to In That Number. I am your host, Ray Hunt. You can find me on Twitter at RayHunt84. My co-host, Kevin Milverton, at MoscowMush. You can follow the show at Number Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and if you would like to drop us a line, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. On with the show. Joining us this week is presenter and founder of Saints View, Dan Hargraves, to discuss yesterday's trip to Bramall Lane, and we look forward to the massive clash next Friday night at home to Bournemouth. It's not a derby, however, the one after that most certainly will be. We'll get his thoughts on that game too. We've got the usual news, Super 6, fantasy football check-in, and Dan will have a stab at our Matt quiz. But before we get stuck in with all that, let me bring in the Moscow Mish, Kevin Milverton. All right, Kev, you sweaty nutsack. All right, you moist vulva. <laughs> yeah, good. How are you? Um, I'm fine. A little bit hungover. Um, it seems to be regular feature. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back in the swing of things. I think that um, international break was a little bit too long for my liking. Yeah, so okay, so good to hear you. As soon as, the, as soon as the season starts, it goes off on an international break and it disrupts our rhythm, doesn't it? I don't like it. It's horrible. But yeah, have you had a good week? Uh, I have been very busy with work. It's um silly season. Yeah. Um beginning of every academic year, just um a crazy amount of new students and um everyone wanting to pass an exam with the minimal of preparation. So yeah, it's uh, always a lot of fun. How about you? Um, yeah, fairly busy week, always busy with work, but um kids are just getting back into school and Georgia started preschool this week, so that was good. That's gone all right. Um, and yesterday had a surprise birthday party for my mum. Happy birthday, mum! So yeah, that's ah, happy good. birthday, Julie. Yeah, yeah, she enjoyed it. Sixty years young. Wow. Yeah, Doesn't I know. Look a day over fifty-nine. I, do you know what? I said exactly the same thing. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, she enjoyed it. It was all good. Um, but yeah, I'm paying for it this morning. A little bit hungover, but we'll get through it. I'm sure. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now we're going to bring in our guest, Dan Hargraves. Dan, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, apart from being hungover, I'm, I'm all right, especially, you know, the result yesterday was, uh, was a good one. Definitely needed it. Yeah, well, it helps with Sundays, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, it certainly does, yeah. Um, 
Right, I want you to tell us about what it is you do for Saints View, and uh, you do a little bit for Talk Saints as well, don't you? Yes, so about coming up a year ago now, um, me and a couple of mates decided that there wasn't enough uh, online content for Southampton fans. Obviously, Ugly Inside's a very good channel. I've been on there many times. They're a friend of us. Um, but we thought it'd be good to sort of represent some of the younger fans, if you like. And so we're a bunch of younger fans who make online content on YouTube. Talk Saints, I started just a bit um, before. Obviously, I'm not the owner. It's been going on for the last five, six years. Very good page. Uh, if you don't follow it, you sh- I would certainly recommend it, of course. Um, but I got introduced to it um, through the owner, who is a friend of mine now. He wanted to basically have an assistant sort of as he was getting his dissertation done. So that's sort of gone from there. And yeah, a year later, we're still still doing stuff for the page. Uh, yeah, how much time do you take in a week like, with your content? <laughs> it, de- it depends. I think last week, well, week just gone was Sheffield United, probably three, four hours of filming and editing. I mean, I, I had, well, actually, it was more than that because I tried doing a live stream yesterday, so we actually reacted to the game. Oh, so okay, that, yeah. Two and a half hours, and then each video probably takes about an hour between an hour and two in terms of production, so filming and then editing it up and getting it up. So yeah. Do you, do you find that it takes you know a little bit of enjoyment out of um, out of the game? Um, it, it depends on the result. I think when when we've just lost, the last thing I want to do is talk about it, especially Burnley. You know, oh, yeah, having, yeah. having to get on that coach and then wake up the next morning and put a video out reviewing it was just the worst. But, you know, with results like yesterday, it makes it makes life a bit easier, I think. So it, it completely depends on the result. Yes, there are times where on the Saturday night I just want to sit back and relax. And to be fair, I can still do that if I get up as soon as possible. But, yeah, it's a bit deflating when you've yeah, just... I get you know, it, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, Dan, are you you're from Southampton, right? Uh, I'm actually from Basingstoke, so just half an hour outside. Ah, okay, but you grew up watching Saints and yeah, they're local football league club, so Premier League now, of course. And um, yeah, what 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 are your first uh, memories of, of the Saints? Uh, I mean, so here's here's the <laughs> here's the thing that sets the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit. So I only went to my first actual game four years ago. Now that is because as a kid I um I lived I lived out in Germany as a kid so my dad oh, obviously wow. my, yeah so my um my dad tried to get me into it but obviously at the time we lived in Munich you've got Bayern Munich getting to the Champions League final pretty much every year and you've got Billy Sharp banging them in in the championship. I don't know who you'd rather support but I think I knew who I'd support. <laughs> um but then yeah literally come back and we're playing a qualifier against the test. Yeah. And so it's probably it's all gone down hill from there, really. <laughs> <laughs> and that, was that the first match you went to? The, That's the um, first live match I've been to. Obviously, I've followed results here and there, um, but that was the first live match I ever went to. Wasn't that a really boring, like, nil-nil draw? It, the first, well, it was 3-0, um, that one, but the, the Midland one after that, where obviously we got knocked out, that was a 1-1. Mm. That's right. Yeah, I was, remember, I was on my honeymoon uh, when those... Um, Europe League games were going on. Yeah, they were not. <laughs> so, yeah. um, wow, okay. Excellent. I mean, do you have a, a, a favourite memory? Um, what's the best match you've been to? Um, there are a couple of ones for different reasons. You know, um, obviously Prague in the Europa League was great. Uh, Inter probably was better just because yeah, yeah. it's Inter Milan. Um, the Cup Final... That was that was really special. I know we lost it, but that was really special. Um, I'll probably go with Inter. I think the fact that um, Champions League winners from it was only sort of ten years ago when we played them, so t- not too um, far long away. But um, yeah, seeing your team in Europe beating ex champions of um, Europe, you just have to sort of marvel at that. That's a very good period. That was only yeah. That's like one of the most, you know, one of my favourite times. I think it's about that Happerwell game where we. Just needed to win. Oh. Yeah. <coughs> yep, hapless Puel against Hapoel. <laughs> Very good. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, so tragic bit of news to start off with. 
Former Saints chairman Leon Crouch died at the age of 70 after his battle with cancer. Um, the Daily Echo produced a lovely piece. I retweeted it actually during the week, so go and, go and check it out. Um, yeah, he took charge at a crucial time for us. Went into administration. You know, he lost a lot of his own money, but he said he didn't purchase you know, his shares to make money. He put his hands in his pockets, he saved us, and he oversaw the takeover to Marcus. Um, so yeah, selfless man, and he should never ever be forgotten. But yeah, really sad bit of news. Yeah, he's kind of the forgotten uh, Mr. Sanson, isn't he? Like, uh, um, he was in in charge that yeah, throughout a, quite a dark time yeah. in in our history that we'd maybe rather forget. But um, yeah, I think we we owe a lot to him. We do yeah, and yeah, sad to see him go. He's only seventy as yeah. well, so yeah, he'll be sorely missed. Definitely. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, this is our first podcast in a fortnight, so uh, you might have already forgotten a lot of the uh, transfer window activity, but um, yeah, we've had a few players uh, shipped out. Um, Mario Lamina, he's uh, off to Turkey, uh, um, so yeah, they'll have a tonic-like laminade over there in Galatasaray uh, until the end of the season. Yeah, I thought actually he was, um, he, was play- he only lasted 30 minutes and he got stubbed off. <laughs> no, he did um, yeah, um, Wesley Hoot to Antwerp, and uh, yeah, that's a, another season-long loan. Um, Jake Hes- Hesketh is now an imp, he's off to Lincoln, and uh, Marcus Barnes, uh, he's off to Eastleigh. Mm, not far away. Yeah. And yeah, he's playing at the weekend, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. So yeah, I mean, God, I mean, how many is it now? Is that 16 different loans we've got? <laughs> a lot. Still can't get them off the bit. And these, yeah. and these are nearly all players that have had some, at least some first team action. Um, so yeah. Yeah. What your thoughts? I mean, I don't, I don't. Your thoughts on any of those, Dan? Are you pleased? Uh, mainly the Lamina one. I can't lie. I think the way he sort of three toys out of the pram mm. during the summer was just ridiculous. Given the fact that he's not actually that key a player for us. Yeah. Now, if he if he was our best player, I mean, it's a bit more justified, but. <laughs> he, he, uh, he's bang average most games, uh, so getting him out was good. I, I feel I feel a bit sorry for Wesley Hoyt. I think if you look back on his Saints career, some obviously very poor performances at times, obviously a lot more bad than good. But some of the criticism coming from social media by Saints fans or a couple, not it's a minority of course, but I think some of it's just been completely ridiculous. I know he's had bad performances, but. Some of the things that have been said, you know, there's a, there's a reason why he removed Stabander from all his social media profiles. I mean, if you're if you're playing for a club and you're getting all this stick every week from all these fans, you know, what what you you would you would remove it. Um, so a bit disappointed that it hasn't worked out for him, but and it essentially had to go. Um, Jake Heskis gone under the radar a bit, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, don't really know what's happened. I just looked at Lincoln's result from yesterday. Lost at home wasn't even on the bench, so I don't know if he's still injured. Um, yeah, I think he is. So, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we just had to get some of these players off the wage bill, whether we're paying half their wage still or nothing at all. It, you know, it's a little bit of a bonus, and potentially that can give us a bit of an advantage come January uh, if we need a few more recruits. Yeah, I mean, we don't know, you know how many of these are going to be coming back next season, but... I don't think Heskiff's going to have a role. I mean, if he if he's not, I mean, I heard that he was injured yesterday. But if he's not and he can't get in the Lincoln side, then he's never going to get a game for Saints. Marcus Barnes as well might be the, might be the wrong time for him to be playing for Saints right now. I mean, I don't. I think I don't I really know bit, an awful was, lot about him, but oh, but I was quite um, surprised that Tyreke Johnson as well. They've both gone to National League sides. Yeah, you know, you you, you would have thought they could get it, make it in League One, if not League Two. Um, you yeah, know, very strange that, but. There's obviously there's no place for them in the team. Yeah, I, I mean at least it means that we're not going to have any of those players playing in the Pompey game anyway. So Literally. we can be, can be get, uh, glad about that. Uh, and speaking of Pompey, Dan, are you actually going to Fratton oh, Park? I am indeed. I got my ticket nice, last week. Nice, nice. Buzzing. <laughs> um, we're actually me and me and Kev are going to be watching the game at the Gasworks because um, Kev is actually back in the country. Um, oh but, yes. But yeah, you've told me why. Yeah, James. Have you heard? Oh, yeah, yeah. Easy, yeah. Got a special guest. Yeah, that'd be good. So, we'll hopefully, have a chat. That'd be nice. Yeah, have a curry. Watch Saints beat Pompey easy. Do you know what? I'm just going to ask your thoughts on the game. But yeah, I know we're like, you know, it's still over a week away. 
But I'm already starting to think about who's going to start in this game, and my worry is that there's going to be a lot of young players involved, uh, and I just think they're going to get eaten alive there. And they're just not going to understand the importance of the game, especially for the fans. Yeah. And actually, Kev, I was having a chat with Dan Rideout yesterday, and he brought up a great point of like maybe starting Armstrong because he's played in, the, you know, he's played in an old firm derby. He's more suited to right. bigger games. And I brought up a really good point. I thought, yeah, well, why not? Why not sling him in? And I, I can just see us having a, a back four of Danzo, Valerie, Stevens, Vestergaard, and you know, it's going to give me palpitations. <laughs> um, I'm more excited about the front line. I'd put in um, Redmond and Armstrong either side of Adams, I think. Redmond going to be fit? He should be, shouldn't he? Um, Harden has sort of said that it should be Portsmouth. He's, there's a possibility he'll be back for Bournemouth, but it's looking more likely... Uh, Skates. Yeah, I'm hoping that they swing him straight in because I'm so worried about this game. I can see us losing it, honestly. Well, it's interesting the point you made about, or your friend made about Armstrong playing in Old Firm. Um, Redmond's played in the East Anglia derby as has Gunn. We're having this chat um, yesterday, which players have actually played in derbies. Um, so I'm, I completely forgot about Armstrong, but um, we've got a couple of players who've played in the East Anglia derby, and then after that, I'm not really too sure. Yeah, something tells me the East Anglian derby's not going to be as feisty as this one, though. <laughs> <laughs> no. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because Norwich and Ipswich are so far apart, there's not really. They're just trying to make a derby out of it. But I don't know. I'm. I, I am honestly. I'm concerned. I just. I mean, I said to you, Kev, off of there and on there on the last episode that it's all on us. It's you know they they could just go in there and just go for it. And you know if they if they lose, it's like well you know we were supposed to lose. I just think it's all on us. But from from. From the other side, I mean, how many of the Pompey players have played in the derby? Yeah, no, that's true. I think this is going to be the first experience for all of them, you know. I just hope they turn up. I really do, because this one is massive. Need it. Have you seen that um, tickets have gone on General, General Sailor Sail, as of yeah. yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even set out the fucking derby. Yeah, crazy, oh, what crazy. a joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, did you see um, John Westwood as well? At St Mary's for the Kosovo game. Well, I didn't because they didn't let him in. <laughs> no, I know. Sorry, fucking felons. Just, but then, hang on. Didn't he get a lifetime ban for pissing on the seat? That's what I was thinking the other day. How has yeah. he actually been a? I thought it's one of those urban legend things. So no, he actually did Is have it? a lifetime ban. And apparently, oh, right. he said some years ago that he didn't. He would. He'd never want to step foot in that stadium. So what the fuck is he doing? Yeah, I don't know, especially with his Portsmouth shirt and everything. And is right. I think apparently he offered to turn it inside out. Um, yeah, nice and short of flushing it down the toilet. And so, um, let's be honest, you see that, and you even at the outline when you've sewn it inside out or whatever, yeah. you can see it. You can see all and you know he's the anyway. on, his, on his. You can turn his skin inside out as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess it's Right, Kev, international roundup. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, so, uh, Maya Shida, he led uh, Japan to a 2 0 win over Paraguay in the Kirin Challenge Cup, um, whatever that is, um, playing full 90 minutes. He also uh, played the whole 90 minutes in the opening uh, Asian Cup qualifying victory over Myanmar. Um, yep, 2 0 win. Puts them second in Group F behind Tajikistan. So there's some really tough competition there. Uh, Kevin Danso for the Austria under-21s. Um, he scores uh, the winning penalty. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, I mean, it, they eventually won 3-1. But, um, yeah, he scored the penalty that put them ahead uh, against Andorra. And he started against Albania. Uh, Gets clean sheet. Uh, they won four nil, and they were winning four nil when he came off in the 79th minute. Uh, Pierre Emil Hoyback, as he'll be known from now on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he played the full 90 minutes as Denmark rushed to ball to six nil. Um, yeah, they. I think they were unbeaten in qualifying, and I did actually watch the um, Denmark Georgia match. It was on the telly here. Uh, obviously for the Georgian diaspora. Um, yeah, he plays in that, uh, taken off in the 73rd minute. That was a 0-0 draw 
really disappointing match. But um, yeah, he was doing a bit of acrobatics and they did one of those uh, Neymar rolls after being um, taken down by a Georgian defender. So I found it was quite funny. But yeah, that leaves them second in Group D behind Ireland. Uh, Stuart Armstrong, poor lad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, another um, yeah, disappointment sure, sure for you're Scotland. Really, really a about our <laughs> <there>. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Um, yeah, they lost. Um, they lost at home to Russia. Um, obviously, that mm. was. Um, <laughs> yeah, that went down really well here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was um, Zhirkov. Um, I mean, it eventually was an own goal, but it was um, the Zhirkov um, strike in the last minute that uh, led Russia to a 2-1 victory. Jesus, he must be I know. They call, they call him Grandad. Yeah. Um, There's just a few kind of really old, scored, solid players. But, um, Scotland went 1-0 up against Russia, and I'm going to give Kev a call. Yeah, 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 you, <laughs> you should have. <laughs> um... But yeah, he was um, a substitute. Uh, he was an unused substitute in that match, but um, he came on as a sub um, against Belgium, and that went even worse. They got absolutely thumped 4 0. Um, yeah, and uh, Belgium, they've now won six out of six matches, and they looked at uh, to get out of Group I as winners. Jan Vednarik, um, yeah, he played 90 minutes but um, against Slovenia, but uh, yeah, Poland. Uh, were eventually defeated 2-0 uh, in what was the uncharacteristic qualifier for them, and they've been playing quite well. Um, and they drew 0-0 with uh, Austria, um, and again, Bednarek played the whole of that, kept a clean sheet, and yeah, Poland's a top of Group G, again, they're in a very good position to be on the road to Euro 2020. Um, Sofian Bufal, um, he was an unused sub for their 1-1 draw against Burkina Faso in a friendly. And for Republic of Ireland, um, Oberfemi and Long uh, didn't uh, really see any action. Oberfemi was left out of um, both of the matches. Um, Ireland under-21s uh, beat Sweden 3-1 and Armenia 1-0, but he didn't play a minute. Um, Long scored in the 83rd minute um, in Ireland's 3-1 win over Bulgaria um, but yeah I was quite surprised by that because I didn't even think he'd made the team but uh, it turns out it was Kevin Long and not Shane Long so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go and that's the international round up Hi I'm Matt Patissier Thank you for listening to In That Number. So, yesterday, Sheffield United, away from home, 1-0 win, Jennepo in the 66th minute. Starting 11, uh, Gunn, Vestergaard, Yoshida, Bednarek, Jennepo, Hoiberg, Romeu, Cedric, Bufal, James Ward-Prowse and Shay Adams up front. Dan, was there, um, was there any surprises in that starting 11 for you? Um, I was a bit sceptical to the fact that Wide Bertram wasn't starting. Um, yeah. If he's fit to get on the bench, he's fit enough to start. And it's a case of, well, if he wants to play Danzo at left back, fair enough, but he's suspended, so surely you go for Bertrand at that point. But he opted to put Gineppo as a wing-back. Obviously, that didn't work. Had to change it around at half-time, which yeah. eventually did work. But, um, yes, from there off, you'd expect Bertrand to come in. Um, and Valerie, why is, why is Valerie on the bench? You know yeah. what he is? I think he's had three average games... And Cedric got his chance in the cup, obviously kept a clean sheet, honestly didn't have to do much at all. Um, yeah, I, I'd be starting Valerie still, but Cedric had a decent one yesterday, pretty yeah. poor against the United, I felt, but, you know, Dan James has got loads of picks. So, you know, if he wants to play Cedric, that's absolutely fine. I'm still a bit shocked that he's still here, I'm not going to lie, but yeah, if he keeps playing like he did yesterday, then he'll, um, he'll be good again for us. Um, Kev, you, was there any, uh, any problems? With the, uh, well, this was the most confusing lineup that I've seen in a while. Um, in terms of what, the three-four-two-one? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, okay, three-four-two-one, three-four-three, but yeah, it's not clear um, who's going to be playing on on the left. Um, yeah, with no um, natural left back in the squad. Yeah, Bertrand's not there, and um, you're thinking, well, who's going to take his place? And even put a poll up on Twitter um, to find out. 
what people were thinking. Um, and my choice, the choices I put out were um, James Ward Browse, Perry Neil Hoiberg, um, Yishida, yeah, um, and Cedric. But never crossed my mind that Ginepo could be um, a functioning left back or left wing back. And well, yeah, for obvious reasons, he was just totally, totally out, out of place there. Um, just just starved of um, the space he needs. Um, but yeah, other than that, okay, the three at the back, fine. Um, yeah, I think it was just... And Ward Prowse as well, that's an unusual one. He's, he's playing in quite a, an advanced position. Mm. Um, no, no long, no wings. Um, so yeah, maybe that was the other one that was um, confusing for me. Yeah, okay. Um, so Dan, talk us through the game. How did you see it? Uh, first half pretty even As, to be fair the whole game was quite even I thought going into it there wasn't much to separate the two sides um, Adam's very unlucky still not to get his first goal I think that could easily be his best team's performance I, I thought so too and I looked at some of the reviews mm. after that and they were giving him 6 out of 10 and I thought that was harsh because I thought he played well yeah and that's what, yes I gave best guy 4 out of 10 you know what, what's that all that about um, mm. yeah it's, um, it's going to come it's getting close. It's getting. Um, yeah. I think it's just a case of that. I think it's the header where you just think, wow, God, yeah. one, one one inch to Henderson's right, and that's in. That's back in there. Very, and very then good save, but yeah, it was a good header. It's it a good save, wrong. especially when the sun's in his eyes. The first one though with the body. I mean, good strike. He struck that so well. There's nothing more to do. It's just a sort of flip of the coin with those sort of shots. Um, yeah, so it'll it'll come for him. But I thought. Obviously, Gunn made that really good save against the Golder at one on one. Yes, you know, he's starting. He's starting to get a lot better. Like genuinely, after Bernie, I think he's been really, really good. You know, he's 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 so smart. He just comes out so quickly, close down the angle. Um, but yeah, I think Nuno was probably a bit unjustified. I think it could have either been two, two, three, three. I think going into that break. Yeah, there's a lot of people, a lot of pundits on the telly as well, were saying that it was like it's the best nil nil I've seen this season. It was a yeah at the half. And then second half obviously starts off with the VAR disallowed goal. I mean, it's I can't really see McBurney, but that celebration just giving it the big in and then <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw his tweet, but it's like he, I mean when he scores he's just nodding his head at the sh- um at the Bramall Lane crowd <laughs> and then literally so, and he's like what have I done? What have I done? like his his tweet afterwards is an absolute joke to be honest. I haven't seen it. Um, he so he, um I don't know if you remember but. The, I think it's, I can't remember his name. I used to play for Watford at the World Cup when he does the sign to the uh, camera and goes VAR shit like mouths it and does the does the rectangle. Right. I don't know if you remember, and he, he just tweeted that. <laughs> and it's just, like, get a grip, mate. Come on, you're a professional footballer. But um, yeah, right decision. Even Chris Wilder said that. Yes, apparently. Did, yeah. Apparently, they could have easily had a penalty uh, according to Match of the Day with the handball. Yep. I didn't see it at the time. But obviously it doesn't matter now because we've got Moose Gineppo in our side. Absolutely. Um, just, just talking about the handball, I, I definitely think yeah. we got the rub of that yesterday. I think that was a penalty. But and I think we've had the rub of it quite a few times so far this season. There's something that's changed mm. with, uh, this season so far to the last, you can say two or even three potentially, where there have been so many situations where obviously we don't have VAR in, but um, there have been so many decisions over the last couple of years that have gone against us and have cost us points. You know, I think the main one everyone will look back on is probably Austin last season against Watford, yep. even to call race for the season before, obviously for Watford again. Yeah, handball, yeah. And so, yeah, and you know, when when all the discussions were being made about VAR needs coming, a lot of the decisions that have been so clearly missed and that were obvious to sort of give the opposite decision involved Southampton. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny that. But yeah, as I say, this game, yeah. I thought... Um, there what were goes around, comes around. Yeah, as I say, and it will even itself out. There's no problem no problem with that. But I do think there was a couple of occasions where we were, like that handball... Well, the offside was clearly offside. The handball should have been a handball. Um, mm. Yeah, Warpress's arm is in a really weird position yeah. with that. I, I agree. Yeah, um, and I want, to, want your opinion on the Billy Sharp red. Straight red. What do you think about that? It's, it's, I, I, you know what it is? I think the swing of the leg and where he's... The fact that he's made contact is probably what's done it for him. Um, 
<laughs> really interesting. Chris Wilder said that it was a red card. The match of the day pundit said it wasn't, yeah. in their opinion. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, think it was a bit stupid that he just kicked out. It was very hard, like, but there was no stunts, and he didn't rake his leg down. It's like it's quite similar to the Andone one a few weeks ago. It's just lower. Mm. It's not as dangerous. Um, but at the end of the day, VAR could have ruled it out. It, he's made contact high up. Yeah. Dangerous, and everyone. <laughs> I thought I don't know about you, but when I saw Billy Scott getting stripped, and I thought, God, he's bound to score the winner here. <laughs> yeah, isn't of course, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's not Billy's not that sort of player. I don't, I don't think he did that on purpose. No, not at all. Um, I, I, he obviously didn't mean to hurt the. Who was it? Armstrong. Yes. Yeah, Armstrong. Obviously, didn't mean to hurt him. I think it's just he's five seconds too late, really. Um, Kev, do you want to talk us through the goal? Um. Wow. I mean, this is. Uh, Gineppo doesn't really do half measures, does he? Mm-hmm. Um, after scoring that screamer against Brighton, now we've got this incredible solo effort where he's just just taken out um, the entire defence. Um, yeah, it sort of smacks of Matt Letiz, doesn't it? That, yeah. that, that sort of, um, of play. But yeah, I mean, it, without that, I don't know that the deadlock would have been broken at all. Possibly not. So yeah, it just good feet, kept his balance. Could have gone down for a free kick. You know what it is? I think you look at that goal and it's the strength mm. to get through forwards. Because I remember when um, when we first found Gineppo, obviously there wasn't much knowledge of him, but the people who'd done the research all said that he looked quite weak. There are times where he couldn't dribble forward because he'd just go down too easily. And it's, in, in fairness, Lee Mason paid advantage, but... You know, to show you that strength against Norwood, he's not a bad midfielder. Let's be honest. I think he's done. He's had. He started quite well um, for Sheffield United, but obviously dances past the rest of the defence. And that the finish is the finish is the blind. He can't do anything with yeah. that. Um, but overall, I mean, I I think Sheffield United. I mean, I listened to Chris Wilder's interview at the end of the game, and I thought he had it really good. I think he had a spot on. Um, I do think Sheffield United deserved something out of it. You know, if it had been the other way around, we would be feeling a little bit aggrieved. And that they created a lot of chances, had a goal disallowed, had a red card, had a handball decision, and then they come away with no points. So it's a tough one to take for them, I think. But I don't really want to take anything away from Staines because it was it was a close, tightly contested game like we thought it would be. It was. I think it's just a case of both sides did enough to win it and we were the one with the extra bit of quality. I think, it, yeah. if, mm. I think if we were the promoted side and Sheffield United had been in the league for a couple of years, well, more than a couple now, um, potentially they'd have that player that can produce that little bit of extra quality but or they'd have the experience to sort of manage the game a little bit better but in all honesty yeah, I think it was quite even either side could have snatched it um, Were you nervous uh, after we'd scored that goal because I mean, we've got about well, nearly half an hour to go um, yeah were you, were, you, were you nervous at all? Yeah it's typical Saints always you, you get nervous I haven't got that much confidence in the defence yet um, especially when you see Billy Sharp getting stripped <laughs> on the but, uh, you know what it was as soon as he got sent off I felt quite comfortable I thought there were I think it was McGoldrick who almost scored yeah, they, again they, they created some chances when they went down to 10 men so I was like oh for God's sake this is not going to I think you know how McGoldrick didn't score the, the third before that is like the ball's just come across the box uh, oh, sorry the face of the goal and the fact that no one's tapped it in is lucky for us and then McGoldrick was Unlucky to be honest, done with another good save, and then after that, it's just a bit like they're lumping the goalkeeper forwards. You know, all game with defenders that pieces relatively well. Obviously, the one that led to a goal, I know it's disallowed, but still, we could have tried to do a little bit better. Um, I, I was confident as soon as the guys that missed that chance because you kind of think it's really just not going to be their day. That's fine, we like that. Um, just go for a, a few stats. Uh, possession, 50, 51% for Saints. Uh, the shots, 17 for Sheffield United and 11 for Saints. But Saints had seven on target, so Sheffield's four. So, um, and clear-cut chance as well. Saints created more clear-cut chance, four to three. Yeah, I think, um, you know what it is, I think, what I just said about an extra bit of quality yeah, and getting more experience, I think that's exactly what it is. You know, they bought players from the Championship. They basically have, a championship dream team. If they go down, they've got a really good side if they keep their players. But the problem is, not a lot of them have genuine Premier League experience. And I think that's possibly what's held them back, or what held them back yesterday in terms of just being a little bit of 
a little bit more clinical, just putting the ball an extra inch or two to the keep goalkeeper's left or right to sort of tuck it into that bottom corner. I think that's what sort of didn't fall for them, you know. Even getting it on target, was it, was it four shots on target? Yeah. Um, four shots on target four from seven. Target, yeah, from 17. I mean, I can't, I can't do the percentage off the top of my head, but, you know, it's not great, is it, let's be honest. No. 22% of them, yeah. Yeah, it's not great. Um, uh, Kev, do you think that was a fair result? Um, I mean, possibly not. Um, I think... If we'd have gone away with one point instead of three, um, I could have probably said that um, that was a fair result. But it, well, yeah, Geneva was the difference, and um, yeah, that, that's why we have come away with the win. I didn't think we were playing at our best. Um, I think we've still got to, uh, to to see that from them, but um, we're definitely moving in the right direction. Yeah. Um, Dan, man of the match. There are a couple of contenders, but I think you've got to give it Geneva. Last bit, uh, the expert quality that won us the game. I, I think contenders, this guy looked good again. Cedric was better. Buffal was excellent. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give Gineppo though. Kevin? Um, I sort of had a feeling that Gineppo was going to get it, but just because um, of how... I mean, he, you can, you're really giving it to him as... It's like he's come on as a half-time stump, you know? So... Um, in the, in the first half, he was just so frustrated um, mm. from trying to play in that wing-back position. Um, but, yeah, Gunn was consistent throughout, and, um, yeah, I think a lot of the, the credit has to go for hit, to him oh, God, for, for getting get to that victory. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Kevin. I was just going to say, Hoiberg got it from Sky, which I thought was interesting. Did he? Did he really? Really? Yeah. I thought Romeo my... was better than Hoiberg. So should I, but um, apparently Hoiberg was the driving force in the field that kept everything consistent or something like that. I think that's just reputation on him, I think. <laughs> he literally, yeah, I think I thought Romeo's been better every game this season. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. a shocker. I didn't even look at that. Um, I, I think Bednarik was great. I thought, you know, I think he's becoming so good and important um, and he's consistent. I don't, I don't, I don't feel. I think he's the only one. Um, the same unlike Vestager, exactly. I'm the only. He's the only one of the centre backs that I don't feel nervous when they're playing. Mm. Um, but I think mm. I'm going to have to go with you, Dan, and give it to Gineppo just because of the. You know, it was a tight game, and you know, if it wasn't for him, he wouldn't have got the points. So it's that simple. I'm going to, you know, um, continue to be excited about him, and I can't wait until he settles more into a consistent role alongside Redmond. I think it's going to be good going forward. I, I think. Uh, Cedric deserves a bit of credit as well. I think he put in quite a good performance in in, in right back um, after being um, left left out with the squads and um, being sent out on loan. I think it's been a bit of a reality check for him. Um, but yeah, I thought he, he came in and um, he, had, he had a very good match. Yesterday. I don't think I think yesterday was one of the games that I you can't you know point your finger at anyone and say you were terrible. No, I think everybody uh, had a good game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, the, yeah, the overall performance wasn't sparkling. But uh, yeah, no, exactly. Nobody you had particularly. Bad we just time. did what we needed to do, and yeah. I think that's all that we needed to sort of happen for us. Got the rub of the green a couple of times. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we showed the quality we needed. Exactly. Yeah. Second that. Right. Okay. So next Friday we go to Bournemouth. That's Friday the twentieth, eight pm kickoff. Are you going to that one, Dan? I am. Yeah. So. I just looked at the table this morning, win that, and we go third, because we're the <laughs> first game of the weekend. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> the heavy height. I mean, we're all getting nosebleeds in tenth. I mean, think about going up to third. I didn't even think about that. I'm actually, um, I'm actually watching Bournemouth right now. They just kicked off a minute ago against Everton. Um, so I'm going to be keeping an eye on this one today. But, um, yeah, talk us through Bournemouth, Dan. I think they, they've not had the worst start to the season. What's, they beat Villa... Um, yeah, they, they, they drew with Sheffield United, they beat Villa, lost to City and lost to Leicester. You know, they're quite, they're not the worst result. I mean, I think Leicester, they were played off the park, but everyone said Leicester sort of produced the comp- complete performance. So I think for us, we just need to sort of play the game that we want to play high pressing, but obviously be aware that they are probably the best team outside of the top six when it comes to counter-attacking. And, mm. um, you know, and they score so many goals and get points from being behind. I don't know if that's going to continue, but obviously last season they were really good for picking up points from behind, complete opposite to us. So 
I think if we take the lead, we need to make sure it's not just the one goal. We need to be looking to get into that dressing room at half-time with the lead and then build on that and sort of go to possibly even 3 and up and, and shut up shop when, uh, when we've got the comfortable lead. Do you think we'll go with a similar lineup to the one that we put out yesterday? Um, no, I don't, actually. I think the fact that Danzo's coming back in will probably see a back four again, um, only, only because... It, the fact that Hazen has had to change the formation a little bit at half-time at Sheffield United probably implies that it wasn't the best way to go um, against them. And, of course, it's home against them. They're attacking side, but, you know, we're going to see a lot of space at times. Defensively, they're not the best. So I think go with the back four, commit a few more bodies up front, and I genuinely think we'll get enough goals to uh, to beat them. I think they are they're solid in midfield, and I think they they do basically play that straight four four two. They are again today, and obviously you've got to watch out for the two Wilsons who've started the season really well. But like I said, that midfield's pretty pretty damn strong. They've got a lot of pace there. Um, yeah, I think we've got to watch out for that. But then again, it depends on what we're doing. I, just, I I I honestly think, and I hope that we do go back to a back four with Danso coming in. Um, but yeah, um, Kev, any predictions from you on this one? Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot we have to do that, don't we? <laughs> um, uh, I think it's going to be... Uh, we, we're we're going to win, I think. Uh, but I, I don't know that it's going to be... I think they're going to scare us. They always score, don't they? So, um, yeah, 2-1 Saints. 2-1 Saints. And you, Dan? 3-1. 3-1 Saints. Ooh. Yeah, I think the fact that it's at home is going to go in our favour. I think if it was away, I'd say something different. Um, I just feel like we're going to get a lot of space. Um, on the, on Friday night, I do think they'll score. Though I agree with Kevin, I think they've got a lot of attacking quality. You know, the two Wilsons, Josh King can always be a threat. But, I mean, Solanke up front isn't really a concern for me. But um, the three former players I just mentioned, uh, yeah, they're going to give us going to give us a handful. Yeah. Um, I, I reckon we're going to get a clean sheet. I reckon we'll be fine. I'm going to go two. I can see I'm it. Gonna go I can see it. I'm going to go two 0 and I'd be, I'd be delighted with that. That's a really good result. Mm, and then go third in the league. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for, a, for a while anyway, for a day. Let's have it. Um, Dan, I know it's over a week away, but I want your predictions on the Pompey game. Well, you're one for Bournemouth's my prediction at the moment. I'm saying 2-0. I, um, you know what it is? I think they will be more up for it than us in terms mm. of the players. Only because, you know, I think what everyone's not realised they've not played a Premier League side in a really long time and it's you know it's a bit ironic that obviously this Premier League side that they're playing for the first time in a couple of years is is their bitter rivals. Um you know, they're gonna you know their players are gonna want to prove themselves. They'll understand it. Uh we were having that conversation earlier about um who's actually played in derbies. I don't know for Portsmouth to be honest, I only know about two of their players, it's a league one side. Mm. But um, yeah, like I say I think they'll be more up for it. I do worry sometimes uh, about some of our players, you know, Bufal, he looks better, but would he be diving all the time? Will he be sort of looking for the foul? And then also, obviously, he's got bad temperament at times as well. Without Costas, Valerie naive at times if he's going to come in. There, you know, we, we've got a great young uh, team, but I don't know whether for this sort of game, some of them just will be a bit more, uh, bit too much naive. I'd love to see Gineppo and Bufal dancing around their defenders. <laughs> just. And I think when going forward, we will be a real threat for them. I just think what the, I think what they'll do is they'll set up solid first half an hour. Probably it'll be nil nil, and I think we're going to get all our goals in the second half towards the end. I, I think it'll be a case of they'll tire around seventy minutes, and we'll have that little bit of extra fitness just to shut them down and put the ball in the box a couple of extra times. I do, I do think we'll win. I think it's going to be a tough game. I think the fact that everyone's seeing it um, as a League One side versus Premier League side, it doesn't matter. Genuinely, I think the fact that we're two leagues apart won't be apparent on the night. I just think because we've got that little bit of extra quality with the squad that we have, um, that'll prove sort of to be the vital touch on the, on the night. Right. Um, right. We are going to go into the quiz. Let's go. Okay. Okay, question number one. Go for it, Mish. Question number one. Dejan Lovren joined for 8.5 million. Mauricio Pochettino was in charge. Jay Rodriguez top scored with 17 goals. Saints, Saints finished eighth 
and Adam Lalana was Player of the Year. Name the season. 2013-2014. Spot on. Well done. Right in there. One point. Okay, Saints signed Sofiane Bouffard for 16 million, but who did they sign him from? Uh, Lil. Well done, two points. Going to get a maximum, eh, Kev? Well done, yeah. <laughs> so hold your horses. <laughs> <laughs> right, last season. Who took over from Ralph Kruger as acting chairman? Ooh. Was it Martin Stennings? It certainly was. Three out of three. Well done. Okay. Um, all right. I name the clubs. You name the player. So, Reading, West Brom, Hull, Southampton. Got to be Shane Long. Well done. Yeah. Oh. This is good. This is very good. Um, okay, so who am I? Like I said, I'll give you three clues. You'll get the first clue from me. The second clue will be from Kev if you need it. So, mm. you've got one guess at it. So, if you get it right on the first one, you get three points. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Who am I? Question or clue number one. Born in the London borough of Harrow in March 1989. Is it Warren Bertrand's? It is not. Oh. Oh, no. Still got a good score, though. Very good score. I was two. So four. Yeah, four out of seven. Yeah, seven max. Yeah, four out of four. And then. Yeah. Good, good effort. Really good effort. Yeah, fair play for, for taking the risk and uh, going for the first yeah, one. I was going for maximum points there. Yeah. Who was it? Um, why, do you want the second clue, just for shits and giggles? Yeah, why not? Why not? Go on, Kev. All right. So, yeah, he played his youth football for Swindon Town. Grew up as a big Liverpool fan. He became a product of Southampton Academy from 2000 to 2005, and he made a Southampton debut on the 6th of August 2005 at the tender age of 16 years and four months. <sighs> no, you're going to have to give it to me. I've, I've got another, I haven't another clue. Got a third one. Uh, la- uh, last clue for a point this would have been. Uh, played only 21 times for Southampton before his five, mil- £5 million pound switch to Arsenal and went on to become uh, England's youngest ever senior player at 17 years and 75 days. Selected for the World Cup squad. He's currently plying his trade on the bench at Everton. All right, so you've got a choice. Uh, Would you rather wear a Pompey shirt every day for five years or sleep in a haunted house for ten? It's got to be the latter, isn't it? (laughs) Straight on it. I think it's an obvious one. Well, what if the house was haunted by the ghosts of former Pompey players and uh, (laughs) they'd be shouting, play up Pompey all night whilst you're trying to get to sleep? Well, oh, uh, can I change my answer? No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Am I allowed to wear the shirt inside out like John West would? <laughs> that's a good point. That is a good point, yeah. And, you know, you might have to go with the shirt now. You can always put a jacket over it and turn it inside out, I suppose. Put a jacket, I mean, even if, even if it's 35 minutes. Yeah. That's no, maybe go for the shirt then, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um... Would you rather be twice the height of Peter Crouch or half the height of Lionel Messi? Half the height of Lionel Messi. Yeah? Yeah, yeah I reckon so. What, you think you'd, what advantage do you think you'd get from being half the height of Lionel Messi? Shoes half price, get kids shoes. <laughs> kids shoes. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, you can't. You just can't fit if you're double the height of Peter Crouch. Door, getting through doorways yeah. is a nightmare. Yeah. I still take the height. Although that, it's not stated in the question that your feet are going to be proportionate to your height, so you <laughs> could just have the same feet that you do now, just a really tiny body. <laughs> or the reverse, so you'd have like your normal size feet when you're twice the height of Peter Crouch. Christ, you fall over. Uh, yeah, how would you stay up? It's <laughs> yeah, weird. Like being on stilts. Yeah, what's your favourite Saints uh, chant that you've heard? on the terraces over the last few years you know what I actually think it's the Harzen Hill one at the moment the um, you sign jacket we sign Harzen Hill is yeah. a bit pompy <laughs> bit of a dig at pompy got a bit of encouragement from the manager you know was it I think the last three managers we haven't even made a chant for anything we've got the Mark Hughes one when he came in 
saying that he was going to keep up and win the cup, and that was pretty much it. You know, it all went downhill from there. So I think having having a chance for Hedges is always good. It shows that he's doing a decent job. And everyone loves uh, him, yeah. And yeah, everyone loves to dig at Pompey as well. So yeah, probably that one. Nice. Good, it's good timing as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we've had the time even with the managers. They haven't stuck around for long enough for, for us to come up with the chance. For <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's about it. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on, Dan. Thanks for, yeah, uh, thanks, for talking Sheffield United and previewing Bournemouth for us. Yeah, awesome to chat to you, mate. Yeah, no, all the best, guys. Thanks for having me. No worries. Yeah, well done with the uh, with the quizzes. Oh, no. Spot on with that. Really good. Apart from the last one, obviously. Oh yeah. yeah. Where's that put me in the leaderboard? Um, I think so. Mark, Mark, you got four, so you are third. Yep. So all right, top four. We'll do that. That's all right. Matt, Matt Markstone was the first at it, and he got four. And then we had Tim Marshall on, got three. And Barry come on and got six. And then Kev got five last week Mark got three and then you just got four so yeah mid mid oh. is good yeah it's been all right. I, mid- think, I think that's going to be the average score if I'm honest for yeah I think I think that last one probably threw me off everyone's going to go for maximum points actually you'd be surprised that people asked I don't think anyone's gone for on the first one have they actually I think well, Barry did ballsy there. yeah I, don't, actually, I think Barry went and got it didn't he with his which is why he got six because he was only on three yeah so I don't, mm. I don't think a lot of people go for it on the first clue. So you, you know, getting four out of four kind of helped. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly it. But you know, why quit when you're exactly. uh, when you're up? I thought, I honestly thought you were going to do that because you were, you weren't even thinking about the questions. It was just no, bang. no, mm. yeah. it was good, good effort. So you, you jinxed it, right? I know by saying that he's going to going to get it. No, I wasn't flat. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Right, yeah. Anyway, thanks, Dan. Um, keep doing what you're doing. It's good. I enjoy your content. Uh, thank you, guys. Oh, also, before you go, your yeah. um, alternative commentary is good. Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. I want to see that. Yes. <laughs> so, here's the thing. The last one got reported for copyright, so I don't think ah. they're going to go. The thing is, right, so here's the first two obviously did well. The Brighton one did particularly well. Um... It's not an original idea. I mean, I'm the first guy to surround them doing them, yeah. but we see yeah. them all the time in the championship. Oh, my God, hilarious. Mm. Um, mm. But, yeah, I got reported by someone, the Man United one, he or she has not come out and revealed themselves yet, but obviously that's one strike on my Twitter account, so if I get copyright strike for the Sheffield United one, I have no more Twitter accounts, so I'm not going to risk it, unfortunately. Oh, I didn't know that. But anyway, I enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks while it lasts. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Right, okay. Anyway, thanks Thanks again, Dan. Speak to you soon, mate. Yeah, yeah nice one. All right, cheers. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Okay, welcome back to the Extra Time segment. Uh, predictions, first of all. So, Kevin, last week, well, a fortnight ago, you went 2-2 with Saints and Sheffield United and I went the old yeah and I went to one so I picked up some points on you this week so you scored none because you obviously went for a draw so that leaves it 12-6 to you so yeah catch in slowly catch in uh, handicaps kind of handy yeah <laughs> um, and Super 6 we've had two Super 6 um, weekends obviously because they they didn't stop for the Premier League when the Premier League stops, they don't stop. And actually caught out a couple of people. I don't really want to mention any names, but Tim Marshall was one of them. <laughs> um, scored zero points because he thought it was just Premier League. Um, nice one, Tim. <laughs> um, but round six winner was Jason Lewis with 16 points. And that made it overall at the time, Luke Kitterman and Dan Buck tied at the top on 52. Oh, Dan Buck. Dan Buck, yeah. Yeah, he's... Um, yeah. He's doing well. Um, and then, of course, yesterday was round seven. Round seven winner was Gavin Burgess with 17 points. So now overall, Gavin Burgess takes the lead on 60. Tony Randall is close on 59, and that leaves Dan Buck third on 58. So that's amazing. So 60, 59, and 58. And Everton have just equalised against Bournemouth. Oh, excellent. So I don't know if that, it, that affects your... Fantasy football, but speaking of which, how is it going this week? 
Well, okay, I'll go straight in and uh, announce our weekly winner, uh, for the Saturday at least. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Courtney Louise White, and her SFC love team got 66. Uh, wow. Well done. Yeah. I think it's going to be improved by today's fixtures. Um our overall winner at the moment is, uh, by a long margin actually, is um, yeah the Saints FC podcast, very own John Bailey, yeah, again, with um, 318. Do you know we started that at the uh, Southampton Podcasters League, just the, the podcasters. Mm. I'm actually second in that league, or I was before this weekend anyway, so I was only second to, to John. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I think I'm doing alright this season, I'm actually taking it quite seriously, although this week you're, I had a shocker. Your moment in the... Yeah, do you know why I had a shocker? Because, um, oh, I don't know. Well, I got Laporte, who's injured for some time. I've got Willie Bolly, who's injured or suspended. Oh, Christ. Um, I've got Redmond, who's injured, and Gineppo, who was injured. So I took Gineppo off. I made a couple of substitutions, so I took a second some points. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I left Gineppo on the bench. Thought, yeah, I'll bring him back in next week, no problem. When I saw that there was an early kickoff, I thought, oh, Christ, I think, I think Gineppo's going to play today. So I put Gineppo on. It's too late. So we sat on the bench, scored 11 points, and it didn't count. Oh. So, yeah, I had a shocker. And, of course, I made some transfers this week. I took Lamella out as well. I transferred him, and he fucking scored, didn't he? He scored. Yeah. Who did you bring in? Um, I think it was Neves for Wolves. And, oh, look, they got oh, fucking God. ripped apart. They had yeah, absolute shitter. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm not... Impressed this week. It hasn't. I, I, I thought I was going to be fine, but apparently not. Although, I mean, things aren't looking too bad because I've got Ake playing right now. All right, it's just they've just conceded, um, and I don't think I have any Everton players. I don't know. I've got a couple. Um, yeah, so I'm not happy that Everton are conceded. Um, well, I'm on two points my... now. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm only on 40, but um, yeah, I've got Mickey King and uh, Stigerton. Um, I've got Van Arnholt, who scores an own goal. Scores an own goal, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Oh, and I've got Wesley as well. Wesley? Yeah, they're going to be playing a little West Ham later, aren't they? Oh, right, sorry, I think that Wesley who? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um... Yeah, manager of the month for August. Uh, we didn't announce it, but it is obviously John Bailey, uh, 276 for August. Well done, mate. Oh, are we doing managers of the month? I didn't even realise that was a thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we did it last season, didn't we? So. Oh, I don't think yeah. we did. Yeah, we did. Oh, I didn't even know. Okay, well, you'll have to um, you have to tweet that and say yeah, manager of the month for him and, and tag him in it. I'm sure he'll love that. <laughs> yep. So he's he's really enjoying it. I think. Um, even mentioned it on the podcast, didn't they? Uh, he's having a how he's good, good week, uh, good year, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's definitely the best of the Southampton FC podcasters. I don't know where I stand in that league, but I was second. But I've had, yeah, You're third league. now. I think Ben Stanfield from TSB has just gone ahead of you. Ah, oh, okay. Right, as long as I'm beating you, Kev, I don't give a shit. <laughs> you are for the moment, but uh, yeah, it's not much in it. It's only um, 11 points. Between us, no? Ah, cool, cool, cool. Um, right, you ready for where am I? Yes. Okay, right, I know how good you are at this, um, but I'm a bit worried about this one, so I thought you, I think you were going to nail this one on the first clue. Because <laughs> um, I know how good you are with population, and I know how great you are at thinking of uh, sponsorship names for stadiums as well, so I'm looking forward <laughs> to this. Um, right, okay, where am I? Location. Midlands. Walsall. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I thought, I thought you were going to get up the first clue. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Um, okay, population. You'll get it from this now. Uh, 329,800, approximately. God, I mean, the Midland ones are quite difficult. Aren't they? Um, West Brom. No! Wow, oh. that's me saying you're going to do, you know, the best on this one. 
Um, capacity of the stadium is 32,488. It's about the same size as St Mary's, if that helps. That's a big one. Yeah, that definitely helps. Um, is it Birmingham City? It's not. I don't think oh. St Andrews is that big. Um, local rivals? Uh, Derby County. Ah, you see, by saying the Midlands, you've just um, got me into a brum hole there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, Derby County. Um, I didn't say East Midlands. Not, you didn't, no. no yeah, you didn't say purpose. East or West. You no. just said Midlands. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was very clever. So I thought if I went East Midlands, you'd get it straight on the first clue. So I just went Midlands, and then I said 329,000. Uh, Staining capacity of 32,000. Local rivals, Derby... You've got, two to, you've got two to choose from, and you've gone the wrong way. <laughs> oh, really? Nickname the Foxes. Oh, okay, yeah, Leicester City. Oh, you thought you thought Notts County then, didn't you? But then I thought, like, hang on, 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that stadium is, is, like, almost identical to St Mary's. Do you know what? Um, when, when they left Filbert Street, uh, they had the same people. I think it was Bar, because I was working at um, St Mary's as it opened. And the, the both the same people that made the both stadiums, they made them exactly the same, like one tier, and they were like pretty similar. Mm. Um, and the name of the stadium is? Um, oh God, it's called the King Power Stadium it now, is isn't it? The King Power Stadium, yes. Well, it was the Walker's Stadium at one it was point. Was Walker's Crisps Stadium? Yeah. Yeah. This is, they should have called it like the the Cheese and Onion Stadium or something. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where I'm going to get... Did you see the pattern there, by the way, how we've done them? Ooh, interesting. Go with the... F- what, what teams have we done so far, then? Um, okay, uh, we went... Morecambe, mm-hmm. Bristol Rovers, Brentford, Leicester. Oh, have you gone up the leagues? I have gone up the leagues, yeah. I've gone from mm. League 2, League 1, Championship, Premier League. I think... I don't think I'm going to do that now, because that's going to narrow it down. Um, and yeah, so I'll, I'll just go random now. Okay. Nice way to just um, choose another pattern and see. Uh, we could, yeah. yeah. We could throw in a red herring. Have them, uh, we could, yeah. In, al- in alphabetical order, but that's not the actual tactic you're using. Just to throw <laughs> I'll do something to um, throw you off. But having said that, I thought you were going to get this one like straight away. I think if you'd have said East Midlands, there'd be a good chance. That yeah, I, I didn't. What well, I mm-hmm. thought, if I say East Midlands, he's going to smack that one straight away. It's either going to be Derby, Nottingham Forest, or Leicester. But then I thought, oh, he's, he's going to say something from the Birmingham area. Uh, definitely, yeah. And I think I just it got stuck in the Birmingham area. Mm. So, yeah. Unlucky, mate. That was your worst performance. What a joke. Load of shit. Just yeah. go and cry. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'm just going to um, religiously start um, <laughs> learning the capacities of um, various states. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, are we having a Russian phrase this week? Or will you let, let me um, we are. Mm. So I'll make it an easy one. You say that um, every week. No, but this is a really, it's only one word. With two syllables. That's what um, I like. So yeah, um, I just thought that um, the Billy Sharp sackle was a little sharp. So uh, mm. I give you the Russian word for, for sharp, which is ostra. Ostra? Yeah, ostra. Ostra. Okay. There you go. Um, I do have um, another thing I want to say. Okay. Uh, oh, I yeah. know where this is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, which direction do you think it's going in? I think you're going for another chance challenge. Okay, what kind of chance? Is, is there any kind of chance other than the ones that we've well, um, Oh, there's all sorts of chance. I don't know, players, managers. Um, oh. Yeah, it's it's going to um, be a player one, isn't it? Yeah, because we're a bit short on chance this season. We've only done uh, Gineppo so far. I think... Uh, I'm going to say Che Adams. Okay, I think Danstow's going to be an easy one. Possibly, yeah. I think just Che Adams needs a chance to kind of, you know, get him in that men- mental state so he can score his first Saints goal. And then, yeah, he's just not, not going to stop, is he? Mm. But um, I'm going to say that it's, it should be a practical one. So none, none of the epic um, chants that we've, we've been doing previously. Just a simple one that you might theoretically even hear on the stand. Okay, a terrace one, a proper chant. Yeah, a proper terrace chant, yeah. Okay. All right, I'll have a think. Nice one, okay. And plus, yeah, we've, um, we've got Pompey coming up, so um, I guess 
if you I can either mention pumping it, that'd be good, or a, se- a separate new chant, because I know how much you love to wash your mouth out someone. <laughs> Hate it. So maybe it's maybe a new alternative to that if you're stuck for um, to the Adams. Yeah. Okay, I'll have a think and see what we can do. Lovely. But yeah, we'll be back next week with the usual. Um, we're probably going to have a, a Spurs preview and we're going to review the Bournemouth game and also we're going to talk a little bit about Pompey because that's fast approaching so yeah still looking forward to that okay so that's and about I'll it. be in England as well and you are going to be in England so yeah if you are going to be around the Gasworks bar or any of the bars leading up to it then you know me and Kev will both be there so you can come and buy us a drink yeah I'm, I'm sure we'll be well, well oiled already, though. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Oh, I just want to say one thing on that as well. Do you know that I'm working Wednesday morning at three a.m., mm. um, really? which isn't great. So I asked my uh, both my bosses, "Can I have the day off?" And uh, they both said no. Um, would it surprise you if I told you that both my bosses are Pompey fans? Whoa! Mm. Bastard. Uh, sorry, uh, you didn't say why. No, he didn't. But they've got the day off. <laughs> Bastard. No, I, I've, I've actually had it sorted now, but originally it was declined, but now it's somebody's covering for me, so I am off on the Wednesday. So yeah. I am actually off the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And Sunday, actually. So, yeah, because Simon's getting married, uh, we're going to the wedding. And, yeah. So that's it. So any, anything else you want to say? Just uh, up the stains. Up the stains. Sports Social Podcast Network.